Welcome to Solutions Cast, a CFC podcast that highlights cooperative network projects and leader stories, as well as economic and energy industry insights. I'm your host, Christine Pachenik. Joining me for today's discussion on AI or artificial intelligence is Brian Sloboda, Director of Utility Research and Policy. Thanks for joining me today, Brian. Thanks, Christine. We recently, in January, launched our 2024 Economic and Industry Trends Report. And in that report, we actually had a pretty neat Q&A portion of it that identified some important business questions that we might want to consider about AI. Why should this matter for co-ops? And what are co-ops doing in this space? Can you give us a basic definition in your own words of what AI is? You certainly are hearing a lot about AI in the news. AI has been around for decades. And, and really, when we're talking about artificial intelligence, it is a, a computer or, or a piece of software that is taking data uh, from other areas, other pieces of software, and it's making decisions based on that data. It is mimicking the human brain. Now, if we compare that to machine learning, machine learning goes a further step and actually starts to predict the future based upon data. All of these are things that the human brain can do. It's just AI, machine learning, the, the computers can do it quicker. Now, there seems to be some controversy surrounding AI. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yes, absolutely. You have to train the AI engine. And that's where a lot of the controversy comes in, is, is how is the AI being trained? Who's training the AI? How can you ensure that the AI is going to give you good decisions? You could train an AI, if you're a cyber attacker, to give you the wrong decision. So that's why it is so important that humans remain involved in the process. Humans look at the output from AI, and that's where you start to get this tremendous value is in that workforce transformation of going from data inputters to data analyzers. All right. I think that kind of sets a good ground ground state for what we want to talk about. Now, I think AI, when we talk about it, we look at how do we address business problems, right? What is it going to do for us? So what do you think it has potential to do for co-ops? How should co-ops go about looking at AI? Sure. And I think that's the important thing to do is figure out how do you want to use it? But also, I think, remember something important. AI is being built into systems. So you're not going to go out and buy an AI. You're going out and getting a distribution automation package that has AI built into it. Or you're getting a customer information solutions package, a CIS system that has AI built into it. So for most co-ops, it's going to be about reducing outages. There's a great article in TND World right now about Carol EMC down in Georgia that reduced outage duration 38% by using feeder automation. So the system sees when there's an outage and it can automatically reconfigure the feeder to energize those areas where it's safe to do it. All that is done automatically with operators verifying what's going on in order to maintain a safe system. And so, you know, reliability, resiliency, those are going to be the bread and butter. Uh, but then also for a lot of co-ops, because they are having a difficult time attracting and retaining uh, staff, you can use some of these things like a chat GPT to augment your workforce. Or in the case of one of the podcasts that you did last year, uh, where Rappahannock Electric in Virginia took a member services rep 
he got trained up uh, online and he became a data analyst. So able to have a great career progression, earn more money and keep people at the co-op rather than having them go somewhere else. Yeah. And I think you touched on a great point. I know in that episode, we also spoke to the importance of knowing and understanding the inner workings of your own organization. And I think that is something of value when you look at AI, identifying the people within your own organization who can develop those insights to be able to train a system correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And when you do that, you also start to realize that every department at the co-op has their own data silo. Part of getting maximum value out of any software package that uses AI is to break those data silos down. I remember back many, many years ago when we produced our first report on uh, AMI, what we were seeing, and this is 20 years ago, co-ops would have hourly meter reads. And the main thing that they did was look at the one at the first of the month and the one on the 31st of the month, do basic addition and subtraction and come up with a bill. And now what we're seeing is co-ops using AMI for all sorts of fun and creative business uses. Everything from outage management down to load disaggregation uh, behind the meter. All right. So a lot of opportunity there. (laughs) So let's talk data infrastructure. What do you need in terms of infrastructure for any kind of system that you might want to integrate AI into? That's going to be the most important thing uh, from a technical perspective. You have to trust your data. You have to have the data, and the data has to be in a format that it can be basically exported to other software packages. What do you think some of the biggest risks are that are associated with that? Not having the correct system set up, bad data? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you end up with bad decisions at the end of the day. You know, I I think the classic example is uh, having as designed uh, and as built being accurately reflected in a computer system. You, you don't want crews showing up on site and putting in the wrong size transformer and it's never uh, in the database. Uh, especially when we look at new loads like electric vehicles, you have to know that transformer size. Uh, if the transformer is smaller than what you think it is, you could have a potential issue. So having faith that your data is valid and that your data is accurate. And then ensuring that the staff believe in the data as you get the software packages. So if you're doing a feeder automation system, you have uh, the person sitting there. And when the system operates, they're still the final check. They know what's open. They know what's closed so that when linemen go out there to repair the fault, it's going to be done safely. Let's move into another area. Uh, So AI and the workforce. What do you see for the potential future of, of that? I know we kind of just spoke about an example of that where you're, you might be using somebody at the co-op and training them up. What are the other options? You know, I think for most co-ops, it's going to be about doing more with your existing staff. We hear a lot of stories about co-ops that are seeing uh, more folks retire. They're having a tough time hiring people. Uh, what AI can do is take some of the stress out of your day-to-day activities. Uh, It can streamline processes. But at the same time, it is going to require your staff to become more technically sound 
in the ability to analyze what the systems are doing, whether it's a feeder automation system, whether it's your CIS, uh, whether it's your vegetation management system. It's being able to transition over to uh, a position as, as a member of the staff that you can analyze the data and make sure that the answers that you're getting out of the system make sense, that it's the best answers, and that you're able to execute on those strategies. It's not report writing anymore, it's report analyzing. It's a more sophisticated task. And the good news is for the people that learn those skills, they're gonna be making more money, they're gonna be doing something more creative, and they're gonna be a more integral part of that electric co-op. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point too, even thinking about retirements, you look at jobs that have always been might not be the job that you're going to hire for in the future, right? You're going to have a transition or shift between maybe a retiree and what somebody new coming in and what you, you truly need for those job functions. And, you know, it's not the first time this happened. Uh, you know, we've already seen the transition of going from a meter reader over to a meter technician or more technically sophisticated job role. When AMI came about, now is about testing and repairing the meters, making sure that the meters were accurate. Uh, a lot of those meter readers made that transition and you end up making a little bit more money. And we also have to be honest, some people aren't going to want to make that transition. Some people aren't going to want to have that more technical skill set. And that's going to be a personal decision for them. I think that's a great point. So we've already been there. We've done this in a different fashion. It's just kind of repeating that cycle again in a new way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, the co-op comes out stronger, leaner. We see reliability going up. We see resiliency going up. You know, when co-ops started flying unmanned aerial systems a few years ago, it was all about sitting down and watching the video. You know, that's pretty boring. Now the vendors have developed software that can identify automatically issues that are flagged for human attention. Uh, for example, the systems are using artificial intelligence to make a distinction between a pole top that's a nice solid piece of wood and one that's been rotted away with bugs and woodpeckers. It gets flagged for a human to see. We see the same thing in vegetation management. It gets flagged for the human to pay attention to. So that 90%, 95% of stuff that's perfectly fine and you're going to just zone out is ignored and it focuses on those items that look like they might not be right. And yep. so it helps the human do their job. Again, it goes back to that efficiency and the ability to use humans to make the actual decisions versus maybe sitting and watching video, like you're saying. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> changes their and job function a bit. You know, we, we're so used to using AI at this point, we don't even pay attention to it. Uh, if you go to a website and use a chat bot, odds are you're not really talking to a human. And sometimes you can tell. You can tell bad chat bots. That, that just doesn't work. There's one for the internet and phone provider for my home. Their chatbot is amazing. It really does act like a human and sound like a human. You know, we interact with these things. It's becoming commonplace. It's very entertaining to look at the headlines and see that AI wants to eliminate humans from the planet. It's great to see the movies where the Terminator, the Matrix uh, happen. But the reality is AI is a lot more boring. It's, it's you know, opening up your customer information system, and it's able to see how much 
a member's refrigerator is using versus their HVAC. And we see the co-ops are implementing that now. It's about having that outage on a feeder and being able to reconfigure the feeder automatically to reduce outage time. You know, it's about identifying those things that are happening out on the system today, or even something as simple as using ChatGPT to write uh, press releases and, and newsletter articles more quickly. At the end of the day, the writer, the communicator at the co-op still has to read what ChatGPT puts out because it might be 90% really, really good, but that 10% doesn't make a lick of sense. And that's where you use the human to improve it. And I think you're completely right. That's a whole other area of AI. I mean, I know we're talking more industry, so vegetation management, some of these other areas uh, that are more maybe out in the field, we can say. But there's a lot in communications and marketing even that uh, those individuals could be using to make their job more efficient, help them connect the dots a little bit faster. AI has great potential. It's doing great things. But we do also at the same time be concerned about cybersecurity. The more things that are digitized, the more things that are automated, the more things that we're opening up to vendors and anything that's in the cloud, obviously it raises the ability to be attacked by our enemies. So we have to keep training the staff to have good cybersecurity practices. If you don't do that at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because your system could be hijacked. You get the bad answers. So we all have to keep that cybersecurity vigilance up. Yep. And going back to not only that, but also what you said earlier in terms of some of these risks, the not only cybersecurity, but also kind of what you hear in the news, the conspiracy theorists, right? How do you address that potentially with your membership or do you? Well, you know, that's two schools of thought. I remember when uh, we were working on uh, that conversion from analog meters over to AMR and AMI, and, and you had members out there very concerned about AMI, concerned about EMF, concerned about privacy. In most cases, the co-op can go out, talk to those individuals. But if you want to believe in conspiracy theories, there's people out there, they're going to believe it. They're not going to believe anything you say. I, I think if you focus on that basic blocking and tackling, reliability, what you're doing for feeder automation, how you're improving the system. And you don't necessarily have to use words like AI because AI is just part of it. You go out to eat and you get uh, some spaghetti and meatballs. You're not going to talk about the onion that's inside the meatball. You're going to talk about the meatball and how good and tender the meatball was. And that's what we can do with feeder automation and system resiliency and reliability. Talk about the benefits there. Don't talk about uh, all those things going into making it. It's the intention, right? So the intention of what you're trying to do for your, your member at the end of the line versus what you're doing to make the meatball. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I think you might have one last example of AI at a co-op to share with us. And AI isn't quite as new as we might have made it out to be. Isn't that right? You know, I think one of the examples that I love talking about is a co-op in Tennessee, Pickwick Electric, which was using waveforms from their feeders to predict when outages were going to occur. So they could see outages hours, days, weeks before they actually became outages. That's a great use of this system. The best part of the story is they were doing that back in 2012, 2013. So that's 10 years ago they were using this advanced use case. And these tools have only gotten better since then. So when we talk about AI being around for a while, 
you know, it is not this revolutionary thing. It's really more of an evolution. We should see more of that happening. It's going to become commonplace. The most important thing is going to be how do we respond from a staff perspective? How do we get trained up to maximize the use of it? Uh, how do we ensure that it's being used for the, the right purposes? And then always, how can we keep up cybersecurity? No, I think you hit on all the, the top top touch points. Like I said, I know there's a little bit more uh, about these identified business use case questions in the trends report. If members haven't checked it out, they definitely should take a look at that along with the other industry trends that we'll be touching on hopefully back here on the podcast. Maybe we'll look to bring a co-op or two to, to feature some of these use cases and share that later this year. And if you are one of our member co-ops and you're doing something exciting in the AI space, please feel free to reach out to me or Brian. We'd love to hear what you're doing at your cooperative. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Solutions Cast. Be sure to subscribe to get the next episode and check nrucfc.coop slash solutions for more electric cooperative news. Solutions Cast is a production of CFC.